Welcome to the Entrusting the Faith podcast. Unsure how to help your family grow spiritually? The Entrusting the Faith podcast equips families so that future generations may know Christ, learn biblical instruction, grow closer to Christ, and apply the tools learned to build a legacy. I am your host, Eric Rutherford, and I am excited to be your guide today on the Entrusting the Faith podcast. Welcome to the Entrusting the Faith podcast. I am your host, Eric Rutherford, and this is the first of 10 in this particular series, uh, basically just launching uh, my new book, which is called Leading Well at Home, How Husbands and Fathers Can Biblically Lead Their Families. And joining me today is my daughter, Jill. Say hey, Jill. Hello. All right, so Jill's joining me today. And the first section of the podcast, we're gonna do just a Q&A. So she's gonna ask me a question and then I'll answer it in just Q&A style. Uh, so before we, oh, before we get going, have you ever been on a podcast? I've never been on a podcast. So this is the first time. This is the first time. Awesome. So Jill is uh, in theater. She does singing and dance and does a, a variety of different things. And so now you can add this to your resume. Yeah, that's awesome. That'll be fun. Awesome. All right. So I'm ready. Hit me with your question. Okay. So my question is. What are some ways you can serve God in a career that's like not in the church? Awesome question. So career not in the church, how can you serve God? Yeah. Uh, well, it's actually, it's really applicable because most of the people in the Bible were not like hired by the church. So one of the ways that uh, you can serve God in the, in the workforce is just really, it, it sounds simple, but just loving other people. Mm. You know, we're all made in the image of God and so just loving other people, being faithful with your work, uh, being diligent in that work, um, and then being gracious with those around us because um, we are all different and we come from different backgrounds, different different ideas, different homes. And so just trying to, to listen and learn and just um, really valuing those around us mm. is a great way uh, to serve God in the church as we are really His ambassadors. In what we're doing there so does that sort of make sense yeah awesome well thank you for joining me at this portion of the show and uh, we'll see you next time all right all right you. thank you and now we're gonna jump into a conversation I had with Matt Burleson Matt's a friend of mine uh, I got to know Matt because our daughters became really good friends and so over the course of the years, got to know Matt, just a really neat, uh, neat guy, very neat, just a solid husband and father. And so I'm looking forward to not only having this conversation with Matt, but being able to share that with you today. I'm thrilled that you're here with me on Zoom, uh, in, in, not in person, but you know, together nonetheless. Yeah, glad to be here. <laughs> um, so let me, I'm going to throw this out there for you. So just how long have you been married? How many kids do you have? What are their age ranges and so forth for everybody listening? Okay. So um, I've been married for 24 years in July. Awesome. Um, that seems, that seems impossible to me, but uh, <laughs> so J July 6th was 24 years. Congrats. I have seven kids. Um three boys and four girls. So okay. the oldest is a boy. He's, uh, he just started college. Awesome. Uh, so he's 18. 18. And then I have three girls after that. Uh, one is uh, a junior in high school. Okay. One's a freshman in high school. And one is a seventh grader. Okay. 
Um, and then I have um, two boys after that. Yeah. My phone's going off here. Cool. Two boys after that. Um, one is a sixth grader. Yeah. And one's a third grader. Yeah. So they're what, uh, 11, uh, almost 12, and eight. Okay. And then um, one more girl after that, and she's in first grade, she's six. Okay. So they wow. average out to be two years apart. Some of them are a little more than that, some are a little less than that, but basically, basically two years apart. Okay. That makes sense. Because I know, so my, my oldest, Kate, she, uh, she hangs out and dances with uh, your junior and your freshman. Right. And so um, that's, and then Jill is a year younger, and so she sort of hits in between. And then, then my son, he enjoys hanging out with, with your younger guys. And so it's good, it's good times when everybody gets together and, and hangs out. So that's, that's awesome. I, I think that is, is cool. Um, now, you just, yeah, you just recently dropped your oldest off at school, right? He went away to class. Right. Mm-hmm. So that, I'm sure, was a... Something new. I'm I'm not there yet, so I you know I I can only envision or imagine what that's like. Uh, I'm sure that's that that's a change and a challenge in itself. It was just as hard as I thought it would be. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I expected it to be hard, and not because, not out of fear, um, uh, because I, he's ready and it's it's the right thing. But um, I mean, he's a he's a he's my son. He's a friend too. Um, uh, and uh, so, you know, we're still, we're still texting and interacting, but, um, but it was tough. It was tough taking him and dropping him off and knowing, okay, yeah, the nature of our relationship is, is changed. Mm. Um, and, uh, uh, but, you know, that's, that's what we raise them for. We don't raise them to hang on to them. True. Um, and so somebody said to, to Sharon, this was uh, the, the wife of an older couple when we were, um, when we were first having kids, mm-hmm. he, I guess Alan was probably two or something like that. Okay. She said, they're not really ours. Mm. They're, they always belong to God. And so what we're doing is preparing them to, to have the life that God's called them to. That is, that is so true. That's a, that's a very keen observation, something mm-hmm. to hold on to. How does your intentionality with them change over the years? You know, so, so I know you, you're doing some things with them when they're younger, but you're talking about preparing them for, you know, for, for launch, right? For, for going out into the world and being, you know, believers and being uh, adults. How does that change? I don't know if I have a good handle on that really. Um, I mean, certainly it does change mm-hmm. and the, the way we interact. I guess with, with my oldest, I've been very intentional about um, allowing him to have more and more responsibility. Okay. Um, I felt like, um, especially when I went to college, when I, when I went to college, it was kind of like it snuck up on my parents, especially my father. Mm-hmm. And as he was taking me to drop me off at college, I kind of felt like he started to dig his fingers in. Ah. Um, and so I've tried to do the opposite. Okay. With, with mine to, to say, okay, yeah, I trust you. Mm-hmm. Um, I respect you. Um, you, you're capable, you know, you've, you're able to do the, the things that come next. Mm-hmm. And I don't feel like I have to control that. Okay. Um, 
And so I may have gone even overboard in doing that and communicating those things, but I'd rather over communicate them than not communicate them at all, which is kind of what I got. Um, but, uh, uh, you know, as far as I don't have a grand plan for intentionality. Mm-hmm. Um, that's, uh, that's not something that, uh, um, that I've been very good at probably. Uh, and I, you know, I hear, I hear about, um, people who have very specific orderly things that they do. Mm-hmm. That's not really me though. I'm not a very specific orderly person. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, but I am a very, I am very people oriented. I'm very connected in terms of, mm-hmm. in terms of relationships. And so yeah. I guess that's been a more organic thing with me mm-hmm. um, and continues to be with, with the kids as I, I kind of respond to what they, what I think that they need, where they are at any given time. Uh, and for me, that fundamentally has to be has to be undergirded with my relationship with God mm-hmm. um, and how He interacts with me, um, because you know we're we're talking about leading leading well from home, mm-hmm. uh, leading well at home, and uh, honestly, I'm not a natural leader. That's mm-hmm. that's just not something that comes very natural to me. I was never. Um, I was never the the person to step up and say, okay, I'm going to run things. I'm going to be the president of the class. I'm going to be, you know, there may be a couple of times when I tried stuff like that, but I wasn't like, I was president of the choir when I was in college one, uh, one year, I wasn't good at it. I didn't, I didn't lead anything. <laughs> I didn't come up with ideas. Uh, so that's not something that comes natural to me. Um, and so I have to recognize that leadership is something that I'm doing. Mm-hmm whether I intend to or not. Mm. Um, because I, I recognize as a, as a father, and as a husband, I'm leading even when I don't mean to. This is something I noticed as a, as a parent early on is that I'm parenting regard. I'm, I'm training my kids even when I don't mean to train them. Mm. If, uh, if we're in line at the grocery store and they ask for a candy bar and I say no, and then they whine for it and I change my mind to give it to them, I've just trained them. Hey, whining, mm-hmm. whining works. <laughs> you should do that again. And so I recognized that and I was like, okay, no, we don't want this. We're, so um, I'll go down swinging on that one. No, you whine, <laughs> then I'll even not give you one the next time. <laughs> so, um, so, uh, but if you, if you uh, accept my leadership mm-hmm. in this situation, then maybe, maybe I'll, I'll give you one next time. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I kind of talked through that with him. So, so, training happens in parenting, whether I intend to or not. Mm. And leadership happens with me as the, as the husband and the father, whether I intended to or not. And so for me, leadership has become a service that I offer my family Mm. um, because I'm not good at it. And so because I'm not good at it, I have to rely on the way God leads me. Um, Mm. And I really, I think that's true for anybody. Ultimately, uh, if I were a good leader and weren't relying on the way God leads me, then I'd probably get myself in a lot of trouble. But I find myself praying Solomon's prayer. Um, you know, when mm-hmm. Solomon became king, um, he says, "God, who can lead this great people that that belongs to you? Um, nobody's nobody's really capable of doing that." And I look at these seven kids, and I, man, I can't. This is beyond me. You know, people people look at us and say. Uh, we were, we're pulling our, out our hair with just one. And I say, well, so were we. 
<laughs> you know, we, we didn't have more cause it was easy. Uh, that's just, that's just the way it worked out. Um, oh, this is, this is too simple. Let's have more, let's make it complicated. Um, no, we, uh, you know, that we, we can talk about that story later on, but, um, but, uh, but I look at having seven kids and that's, that's beyond me. That's, that's not something that I'm capable of doing. Mm. And so, if I'm going to lead, it's going to happen organically because I'm not good at it. Mm-hmm. And it's going to happen because I'm seeking relationship with God. He's leading me and I'm following. Mm-hmm. Um, and the way I follow is ultimately the way that I lead. But I think that's a, I mean, that's just a, you know, just kind of listening to that. I think that's just a huge mark of, of humility and, and just, you know, going before God because it's, so I'm not great at it either. And so, um, so I can, I, I can relate to that, you know, and so I'm, I'm trying to, I'm learning as I go, you know, and that was something else, you know, going in, sort of going into marriage, I sort of knew I, this is what I was supposed to do, but I'm like, what do I do with this? I, you know, how do, I, how do I do this? And then, you know, what you were talking about, how, how you, you parent and lead and instruct and guide whether you realize it or not, you know, that sort of snuck up on me too. You know, it was one day, I, I don't remember at what point, but it wasn't like I went into the whole process thinking, you know, I got this, you know, I'm like, man, you know, it snuck up on me and, and I started doing those things. It's like, okay, I got to make sure I'm, I'm consistent as best I can be. And, and, and try and guide them towards character development, all, all the stuff that they need to be done, but that it's, it's, uh, it, it, something will happen, you know, regardless of, of the situation. I was like probably a lot of people before they have kids, I knew how to raise kids before I had any. Um, and then once I had them, I was like, Whoa, this is, uh, this is harder than I thought. Yeah. Um, because they're all different. You know, so we, we got to be pretty successful with the first one. And then the next one came along and she was different. And then the next one came along and she was different. Um, I mean, I have, I have some kids, uh, you, you look at them, you look at them a certain way and they're like, they're never going to make that mistake again. That, that is, I would say profound that that is, is accurate in terms of, of the way he, the Lord has created our children purposefully, uniquely. And yet sometimes I forget that. You know, it's mm-hmm. like, well, well, you know, how is it that that, that happens and why? And, and I think that's, I think you're right. It's, it is, it is gifting, it is design. And how can we then um, help them develop and, and grow and use that for his glory? That's my job. Not to hang on to them, not to mold them into me, but to point them to the source. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I do that better on some days and, not as not as well on other days <laughs> me too yeah it's um but i think you're but I'm, I'm i'm tracking with you because that's that's our job right to to point them and to model and and so um just to keep doing that day after day do you hear this talked about a lot in in the church in terms of like being a dad or being a husband in terms of just um you know, how to have these conversations, how to, how to sort of connect with your kids individually, how to, how to make sure you're parenting the unique child that they are. 
uh, or is that something we don't hear, you don't hear much about? What do you, how does, how does that play? It's been kind of a mixed bag in my experience. I mean, I certainly have some people in my life that, um, that talk about parenting in terms of relying on, relying on God, relying on the Holy Spirit to lead you. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, but I think, um, I think we get as much sort of fleshy, uh, self-help kind of stuff in the church as you find out there in the world. Um, there's a, there's a lot of, okay, if you follow these, these, uh, steps, then you're going to be a, a great dad, or you're going to, you're going to be a great husband. Um, and the fact is the job is overwhelming. <laughs> I mean, what, what Jesus, what Jesus told me to do was to love my wife the way Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. Yeah. And one day I was meditating on that passage and I, I said, God, I can't do this. No. This is beyond me. And and the message I got back was that's right. Mm. The only way that I can do that is by depending on his power. Not by power, not by might, but my but by my spirit says the Lord. Mm. Um and so uh the 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 model that I have in the New Testament for leadership is total dependence. Mm. That's the model bunch of rules, but total dependence because Jesus said, I only do what the father tells me to do. Yeah. That's all I do. I don't do anything else except what the father tells me to do. And he spent a lot of time with it. Mm-hmm. He was totally dependent on the father. And then he said, okay, I'm leaving. And it's good that I'm leaving because if I didn't leave, then the Holy spirit wouldn't come. The comforter mm-hmm. wouldn't come. And the Holy spirit, when he comes, will only do what I tell him to do. So Jesus did what the Father told him to do. Now the Holy Spirit is here, and the Holy Spirit does what Jesus is telling him to do. And so my job is to only do what the Holy Spirit is telling me to do. Because I'm not above the Godhead right. in terms of leadership. My job, the way I need to lead, is to be wholly dependent on someone who's trustworthy. Because it's not me. That is you know, exactly what you talked about is is really the, the heart of, of being a dad, of being a husband. It really is just first realizing that it's an impossible job on my own, under my own strength. Um, and, and I fight against that too. You know, it's like, oh, I can do it. And then it's like, you know what, Eric, no, you really can't. You know, because cause just exactly what you said, you come back to what Paul talks about there in Ephesians. And, it, it, you know, as I think on that is, you know, I need to love Rachel as Christ, love the church. And I'm like, man. Well, talk about setting the bar kind of high, you know, um, you know, totally and you know, completely submitting to the Father and yet loving the church, even when the church has its own issues and but loving perfectly, loving completely. Um, yeah, I can't do that. You know, I physically, me, on my own, doing my own thing, I can't do that. Uh, and so I desperately need... I need the Lord working through me and in me so that I do the right thing so that I love her as God has called me to love her. As I, as I take care and love my kids the way he has called me to do that. Um, I think that is, is really at the heart of, of everything. And I think it's where you have to start. Yeah. My best teacher has been failure. 
and you mentioned humility earlier and any humility that I have has been dearly bought. Yes. Uh, bought through failure. And so it's just a recognition of reality um, mm-hmm. that, you know, there's a God, it's not me. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, and I have failed over and over again. And so I'd better rely on somebody other than me. Mm-hmm. Uh, so without that failure, um, I definitely try to keep doing it my own way. That's, that's, that's the way I go naturally is do it my way. Me too. Which is for me, my way is lazy (laughs) when it comes to leadership, um, laziness. Let me just sit back and see what happens. It's interesting that that you brought that up and because it's something I don't, I feel like I don't, I'm not like gifted to do that normally and naturally. I, um, you know, the last, I don't know, a few months, I've, the Lord has just opened my eyes, opened my eyes to several things where I, I've, I've learned, you know what, I'm just not really gifted that way. And, you know, you know whether it's administration, where I've, I've come to the conclusion, it's not my thing. I, I'm just hopeless. Maybe not hopeless, but you know what I mean? It's just not my strength. Leadership is, a, is another, and or maybe what I think is, like what I think of as leadership, you know, that, that take charge, we're going to conquer the world kind of leadership. Um, but I, I think you're right. There, there's all kinds, but it's, it's serving uh, and submitting ourselves. I ask this. So you have both sons and daughters. Uh, so do I. And so um, as you are, you know, as you're going through life, as you're raising them, um, do you see your sort of role, responsibility, do you see that differently in terms of your sons and your daughters? Not necessarily how you treat them, not how you love them, not how you care for them, but in terms of what you're trying to model for them, do you see that differently or do you, or do you, do you sort of do the same? Certainly. Um, I mean, there are, and again, intentionality is not necessarily my strong suit, but um, there are certain things that I know when it comes to my boys are my responsibility and not my wife's. Um, certain types of training about maybe sexuality mm-hmm. or um, how to treat women, things like that. That's my job to do. My, my wife can't teach my, my boys how to be men. Um, and, uh, and there are certain things that with my, with my daughters that are not my responsibility, that are my wife's responsibility. I can't teach my daughters how to be women. Um, and I, I need to be careful with what I meddle with there. Um, and uh, in sexuality, that's my wife's job to, to teach them. It's not my job to, to be silent about sexuality. I, I think that, uh, that my daughters need to hear me talk about that in healthy ways. Um, and you know the way I see men and women and things like that, but uh, but I need to be thoughtful about what's what's my job and what's not my job. Um, and uh, and certainly, um, it's my job to show my boys how a man should treat his wife. Um, and once again, I, a lot of times I model that through failure. Um, one thing, one thing, kids is apologize or let them see me apologizing to my wife. Um, this, this happened recently. Um, she said something, I got really defensive with her. Um, and 
uh, you know, the Holy Spirit's kind of tapping on my shoulder. Um, and I realized, Ooh, I was really defensive and I was defensive in front of all the kids. And so I need to apologize to her and I need to do it in front of the kids. They need to see me apologize for that. Um, and so, uh, so I want my, I want my boys to see that being a man does not mean always being right. Mm. Um, and that's not what I got. Um, I didn't, I didn't see apologies from my dad. Um, I did see someone who, uh, who always needed to be right. Uh, And so that's a gift that I can offer, especially my, my kids in general, but especially my boys to show them what, what manhood is like. So I guess I'll throw one more out there. Um, as you, you're 24 years into marriage, uh, you have seven children, um, you are, uh, you know, every day uh, just doing, you know, chasing God, pursuing the Lord, doing the things that, that he's called you to do. What would you, what one thing, if you had one thing to, to like say to, to some newly married people, you know, in, in wherever they're at, you know, maybe, maybe just married, getting ready to be married, married a couple of years, thinking about having kids, maybe even four years in and just had a child. Now, you just pick your, that range of, of stories. Is there anything you would want to either encourage them with or challenge them with, anything like that? That's tough. Um, I guess the, the first thing that springs to mind, and I prayed about this as you were asking the question, the first thing that springs to mind for me is your spouse cannot make you happy. Mm. Um, and we, in, in the world in general and in the church, a reckless optimism about marriage. Yes. Um, and we just, we, we usher people into marriage and then we kind of, we kind of let them go once they get in there. And we have this attitude that getting married is going to make you happy. Now I think getting married is wonderful. I think marriage is a wonderful thing. I think it's holy. I think it's ordained by God. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a picture of Christ in the church. It was established from the very beginning with, with Adam and Eve. Um, it's a wonderful thing. We also have Paul saying, Hey, it's better that you don't do this. And so we need to take that seriously and recognize not everybody needs to get married. Right. Number one. Um, so as a church, we're doing a terrible job by expecting everybody to get married. And we treat our single people like they have some disease yeah. because you can't be happy if you're not married. <laughs> I know. Um, but, but our divorce rate is just as bad as the rest of the world. Yeah. And so most of the people in the church who get married don't enjoy it. No. Right. And a lot of those people who stay married are not, are, are not happy in their marriage. The only reason they're not getting divorced is that they're in the church. They're Christians. Well, um, and so, so it's really important, I think, to understand that uh, if you got married to make you happy, that's not going to work. Right. Marriage is not going to make you happy. Your spouse cannot make you happy. They can't carry that burden for you. No. Um, the only way I can find happiness is in intimacy with my creator. The one who made me is the only one who knows how to satisfy me really. Um, And so my job is to be whole as a person in my relationship with God so that I have something to offer my spouse Mm -hmm. and my kids. Um, And for a long time in my marriage, that wasn't true uh, for me. Um, I was looking for something to satisfy me, to fill me. 
whether it be, um, you know, relationship or sexuality or, or whatever else uh, I'm, I'm taking instead of giving, because I'm not, I'm not approaching someone from a position of being filled. I'm not approaching my wife from a position of being filled. I'm not approaching my kids that way. Um, and so it was through failure that I learned this. Um, and so now my job, and again, I, I, I apply this, um, uh, not consistently. I apply this inconsistently, but um, I recognize that my job is to pursue relationship with, with my creator, allow him to satisfy me because only he can satisfy me at the, at the deepest levels. And then I'm available to be uh, the kind of husband that my wife needs me to be. Um, and I find that when I do that, our relationship's a whole lot better. When I came into marriage, I, 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 you know, just like you said, I was looking for, for Rachel to, to complete me, if you will. And it doesn't work, you know, it, it, it invariably will crash. And so I, I totally, I totally get where you're at because I've, I've gone through stuff too. And it's like, okay. When, when, and I noticed too, as, as you said that, you know, as when, when you said, when your relationship, when you are, are communing with God, when, when that relationship is, is going well, your marriage goes well. And I, and, and your relationship with your kids go well. And I found that same thing too. And I, cause, and, and I'm, I'm sort of in the last year or two really picked up on, on that is, when, when I think my marriage is, is having a rough patch, um, it's usually because my pride's in the way, you know, mm -hmm. or, and something, and it's like, I'm not, I'm really not submitting to God or spending time with him or resting on him. Uh, so so when, when I think things are going bad, it's because I'm messing it up, essentially. <laughs> I'm probably the problem in any given situation. Not to say that my wife's not doing things or, or failing to do things that she could be doing. Not to say that there aren't problems on her end too, but if I'm having a problem, mm -hmm. then I'm probably the problem. I know I need to hear from, from other believers and, and I need to, to listen. And, and even as we're talking, I'm, I'm taking, you know, I'm taking some mental notes and it's like, okay, I need to, I want to make sure I'm doing this and applying this and, and just things I hadn't thought of. I'm, I'm just, trying to absorb those things so I can, I can use them. And um, so I know if, if, if that's the case for me, I know there's a bunch of other people out there who, who, who need this as well. So I'm, I'm thrilled you, you said yes. Yeah, glad to, glad to be here. And usually when I'm talking, I'm saying the things that I need to hear too. <laughs> that was a great conversation we just had with Matt Burleson here on the Entrusting the Faith podcast. So thankful that he uh, was willing to join us and share with us. Uh, two things that jumped out at me from that conversation. Uh, the first thing was that for me to be uh, a, the husband and father that God has called me to be, uh, I can't do it on my own, right? So to love as Christ, love the church, I'm not God. And so for me to do my job well, I need, I need the Holy Spirit working through me. I need to be growing in my knowledge of the Lord. I need to, to be growing in that relationship. And as that happens, then I can serve my family well and love them well. And then the second thing that really jumped out at me is I am influencing my children whether I mean to or not in that 
they are going to be influenced by me. And so I need to be pointing them to Christ. I need to be guiding them towards Him uh, intentionally, purposefully, um, as each day, just being very cognizant of that in order, in order to really not only help them as human beings, but really to, to, to help them and disciple them uh, as future believers, Lord willing. So right now, action steps for listeners. What one thing is the Lord asking you to apply today, right now, in your life? As you're reflecting on that, write it down, tell somebody about it, and then begin applying it even today. Don't wait till tomorrow. Don't wait till this weekend. Just start today and uh, see what the Lord will do through you uh, through that action. And lastly, wanted to make you aware uh, that I have a new book out called Leading Well at Home, How Husbands and Fathers Can Biblically Lead Their Families. You can find it on our website, uh, which is, is entrustingthefaith.com. You can also find us at leadingwellathome.com. Uh, the book's available on Amazon, uh, Barnes & Noble online. Uh, it's available in print and uh, ebook form. And so lastly, just remember, uh, as you go throughout the rest of your day, remember, legacies are built a day at a time. Start now. Mm-hmm.